Hey there, Blessed Mama. We are here to help you, the working mom, manage your personal and professional life without losing your mind. This is a podcast for you. I'm Blair Critch, and I went from a teacher to a stay-at-home to a seven-figure online business owner. And listen, that didn't happen overnight. It happened after we actually hit rock bottom. Bankruptcy that shook us. Then to find out my husband had an addiction problem, I decided that day I would grow and learn how to build a flexible business of freedom. Now today, I'm passionate about teaching other women the exact same thing through systems and strategies full of faith, fun, and drive. What is up? I am Kelly Hoover, retired corporate pharmaceutical rep to network marketing millionaire and small business owner. After recovering from a brain tumor, I knew I wanted to go after my dreams and make life happen. You know, quit waiting around for the perfect time. So I learned social media and how to master my time, and then the magic really started happening. If you are looking to create connections and own your time management skills, then this is the place for you. Let's do it. Welcome to Blessed Mama Bosses Podcast. Today, we're talking all about how to connect with your teen or tween. We know sometimes that can be a really difficult thing to do. So we are super excited about this particular podcast episode today, and we're so glad that you joined us. If you're new to Blessed Mama Bosses, then you probably haven't heard, but at the beginning of every single episode, we love to do a little K&B Real Talk. What is that? Well, it's just girls talk. It's just time that Kelly and I ask each other a question, get to know each other a little bit better, but we want to hear from you as well. So when we ask this question today, please send us a message on Instagram at blessedmamabosses underscore and tell us what would be your answer to this question. Kelly, are you ready? Oh yeah, let's do this. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's not that hard of one today, so you'll like it. So today's question is, what did you want to be when you were growing up? Like, what did you think you wanted to do as a job or career for your life? So when I was young, like a young child, I wanted to be an actress. I knew I was going to live in Hollywood. (laughs) Blair is dying laughing because she did not know that about me, but can probably so see it. (laughs) Um, I... Yes, I was, I was terrible at singing. And uh, that was like one of the things, you know, when I was in plays and all that kind of thing that you really needed to be good at was, was singing. So that pretty much outcasted me from that. But I really, I dreamed of the Hollywood sign and being there and being on movies. And when I realized that wasn't coming true, my next thing that I still actually would love to do is a sports caster, like on the sidelines, being the person who's radio inning, you know, video inning on the, in the middle of football games, talking about the plays, all of those things. I would love to do that. That is my dream job. It still is. So does that count? <laughs> I love that. Well, you're kind of doing that. You're kind of like a broadcaster on the podcast. That's right. I'm fulfilling my dream right now. Who knew? <laughs> I love it. What about you? Yeah, for me, I actually, it's so funny. My parents kind of drilled into me to be a teacher. So those of you that are entrepreneurs out there, I'm curious if you had this too. Like I was in one of those homes where it was kind of like, this is what you're going to be. So I did always think I was going to be a teacher. But as I started to get older, I started thinking, well, maybe I'll go into teaching. And then I'd really love to be a professor. And I have to say, like, I still would love to do that. Like maybe when I'm a little older and, you know, my kids are gone and maybe I teach like an adjunct class or something like that, but I've always wanted to be a college professor. 
which is really funny. So cool. That is cool. I did not know that about you. I know. It's a little hidden secret we learned about each other today. I love it. So you guys, <laughs> make sure you tag us on Instagram at blessmamabosses underscore and tell us what did you want to be when you grew up and are you fulfilling that right now or are you on a totally different path like us? So we're so excited about today's episode as well, how to connect with your teen and tween, because this is a really important subject. And before we even get started today, we just want to say there is nothing more valuable in your life than making sure that you have those connections with your children, because they are looking to you for guidance. They're looking to you for help. They are looking to you for what they should and shouldn't do. And yes, it doesn't feel that way when they're constantly pushing you away or making snarky remarks at you or acting like they don't want to spend time with you. But today we're going to share with you 10 ways to grow that relationship and reconnect with your teen or your tween. And if you're already doing some of these, we are so excited for you. And if these are brand new for you, then that's awesome too. Take the ones that you feel like are going to work and that you want to start working on and make it a goal. Make it a goal to start implementing these into your life every single day. And let us know as well. Share with us. What are some things that you do to connect with your teenagers? So Kelly, you want to start us off on our top 10 list of how to connect with your teen and tweens? Yes. So first one I love, listen without immediately responding. So there's going to be stuff probably every day, every week that your teen or tween may say to you, and you may want to immediately respond, maybe in shock or, oh my gosh, you can't do that or brush it off. But really, truly listening to them, thinking about their situation and not responding, giving it a moment, even saying like, all right, let me think about that and let's talk in five minutes or let's talk later this evening. But listening, I think, is such a key thing, but not your immediate reaction because things are different now in your child's life, just like they are uh, when you were when you were younger. So make sure that you're listening and not giving your initial response. That's such a good one. And yet so hard to do. So I love it. So that. hard to do. Right? Count. Then, it's like the it's like the counting, you know, count to three before you respond. <laughs> great. That's actually a great tip though, Kelly. So listen without immediately responding and maybe count to three and take a deep breath before you think about what you're gonna say. I mean, it is we can really cut our kids' hearts, right? Like we can really hurt them with the things that we say immediately without even thinking about it. So that's a really important one. So the second one is to validate their feelings. So remember how you felt when you were a teenager or you were a tween. Go back to those moments because so often, yes, we are the, the guide for them. Yes, we are the one that are supposed to show them what's right and wrong and what's allowed and not allowed and how to become an amazing human out there in the world. However, you know, we were teenagers too once. And so sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that and go back and say, I hear you. You know, validating somebody's feelings just simply means I hear you. I see you. I'm listening to what you're saying. So saying, I understand why you would feel that way. Or I can totally see why you made that decision. And making sure that you're validating those feelings or those actions before you give your advice. Okay, so validate their feelings before you give advice. This is actually a great one as well. All 10 of these, to be honest with you, are great for teammates too. So if you're listening to this today or you hopped on this podcast and you're like, wait a minute, my kids are gone now. This doesn't really apply to me. I'm going to challenge you to use these with your team. Because these are also some really great ways to continue to keep open communication and positive things in a marriage with your children and even in your business. So what's tip number three, Kelly? 
Tip number three is give them situations to fail and or succeed. Either way, trust your kids. Okay. And I know that that is probably harder than you really want to think about. But the thing is, is you would rather them fail under your own roof where you can help guide them through that process and what to do better next time than to go out as an 18-year-old or a 20-year-old or 22-year-old and fail when they're not living under your roof and not there for your guidance. So I know this one specifically has been challenging for me because we none of us want to see our kids hurt, right? We know they're going down a path and maybe hanging out with the wrong crowd or making some bad choices or creating bad habits and you see it happening, but stopping them from making those, those situations where they're going to fail or they may end up, you, know, you, you want to allow this to happen because it's such a learning point. So hold back. That's that whole, whole one, two, three pause, right? And allow them to make those mistakes. I also think if you can look at the flip side of it, when they do fail, really allowing them and coaching them and analyzing what could have been done different. It's really a beautiful, beautiful thing to be able to turn it around and learning, like teach, learn, learn from that mistake. Also, I want to add to this, sharing when you fail, making sure that when you have a failure, whether it's in the gym, in your business, in your personal goals, being vulnerable and allowing your children to see that, yes, you you may have had a failure or maybe you missed a goal, but here is what you're going to do you know, to overcome it next time. And here's what you learned for it and you're not giving up. Because I do think that that is so incredibly important for our kids to know that you, that their parents are not perfect. I'm over here shaking my head like crazy because it's so true. <laughs> it's a, a huge valid point. But also I love, you know, thinking that I'd rather them fail while they're under my roof because they're going to go off, you know, probably to college and out into the real world. And if they've never failed before, that is one of the major things that breaks kids that really messes them up when they get to college is all of a sudden they have their first failure and there's nobody there to help guide them through those steps. So that is vitally important. And number four is be open in dialogue, not a dictator, right? Because things are different. So be open to hearing ideas, then make your decision. This one is very difficult. And there are lots of opinions on this because lots of people out there feel like I'm the mom or dad. I should be telling them what to do. We're not here to discuss. This is, you know, our home and you do what we say. However, I'm going to challenge you to really be open to listening to what they say. So going back to, you know, number one and number two, right? Listening without immediately responding, validating their feelings, listening to what they have to say, listening to what they think the solution should be or the punishment or whatever it is, and then make your decision. So you don't have to be a dictator and shout out the, the, what's going to happen immediately because of their behavior or what happened. Instead, be open to listening, allow them to be part of the process. But yes, you are the mom or you are the dad or whatever, right? And you get to decide what the final say is, but there's no reason that we have to be a dictator about it. So be open to listening. And here's the thing. Things are different now. They are not the same as when we were children. They're not even the same as a year ago. Life is so complex right now, and it always has been, but we have this COVID thing going on, and there's lots of extra things being added to our children's plates, so we have to be open to listening to them. doesn't mean you have to agree with the decisions that they're making. You can decide to ground them or, or have a punishment, but listen first before you make your decision. So true. Oh, man, that is so, so true and difficult. 
It is very difficult. So number five is to give praise. And this is one, if you have not listened to our five love languages of your kids, um, go back and grab that episode and take a listen or do yourself a favor and learn what your kid's love language is because words of affirmation or praising your children is so important if they receive love that way. And it doesn't need to always be just about sports or just about their academics. Giving them praise for just a simple task everyday life, or maybe a way that they were a really good friend to someone, or they showed up for that teammate, or they did something extra for you around the house. Just simply saying, like this morning, for example, my daughter was washing her laundry. Yes, she washes her own clothes. She is a tween. And she switched over some of the the home laundry. And it's like, thank you so much for doing that. You know, instead of saying, hey, get your clothes out of the laundry. Really, and just and praising her for something so simple. Um, I remember I heard this in a sermon one time, and I know, Blair, you know the exact number, but for every negative thing that you say to your children, you have to say, how many? I think it's 10. I have to look it up. <laughs> okay. But, but it's more than you think. It's like eight or 10. I was, yeah, I was thinking it was like seven to 10, but. You have to have that many more positive things that you say. So giving praise and making it genuine. You know, we talk a lot about genuine, being a genuine person, genuine conversations here at Blast Mama Bosses, but giving them a genuine praise about the simple things in life, as well as the extraordinary things that they do. Love that. So true. And I like the example of just these small little things, because the more you praise them on that, the more they're going to do them and show up. So number six is control your emotions. It's not about you. So often we take it personal, don't we? And especially as women, I mean, let's just own that and be okay with that. That as women, a lot of times, you know, we birthed these children or we, you know, adopted these children and we've taken care of them. And along the way, it hurts when they are rude to us. It hurts when they say things that are hurtful. And it it just rips us down to our core. But take a moment to stop, breathe, and realize it's not about you. So the emotion that you're feeling, you have to stop, you have to evaluate it, and then you have to move on. And the other steps that we've been talking about, listening without immediate response, validating their feelings, helping them with the situation and listening to them without taking it personally. And this is one, let's all be honest, that is very difficult to do as a mom. And yet we have to allow ourselves to take that emotion away and be in the moment with them and discussing things without taking it like a personal hit against us. They're not telling you you're a bad mom. By doing X, Y, Z, it doesn't mean you're a horrible mom. And by them saying X, Y, Z to you doesn't mean that you deserved it. So just take those moments to realize that it's not about you and control the emotion. Love that one. Number seven is doing things together, scheduled and planned. This is one that can be the most simple thing to do, but also one that can be very overlooked because especially the last year, you may be thinking we're together all the time, but really doing things together one-on-one with your tween, with your teenager, it's on the calendar. You do it every single week. So some ideas for that would be a devotion, a morning routine. Maybe it's lunch. Maybe it's breakfast. Maybe it's an afternoon walk with an animal. 
Um, maybe it's just simply sitting on the porch and having a 10 minute conversation, but it is scheduled. It's something that you do together with them. I will promise you this. This is something I started a year and a half ago with my tween and we do it every single week. The first few times you do it, they may not 100% open up because you're building that trust. But when you have it on a regular basis, it's scheduled. They will often save things for that time to talk to you about it, to get advice. It's just a really great touch point um, and it's great to have. So make that a priority. I mean, it can simply be go on your front porch at 7.30 every single Thursday night and have, you know, have some moments together. I love that one. That's a great one too. And the next one is, you know, again, doing things together, but it's eating meals together. So sharing meals together. And I actually have this statistic pulled up that says Americans rarely eat together anymore. In fact, the average American eats one in every five meals in their car. One in every four Americans eats at least one fast food meal every single day. And the majority of American families report eating a single meal together less than five days a week. So not eating together also has quantifiably negative effects, both physically and psychologically for children. So it is important that you figure out where you're going to share a meal together. So before all this COVID stuff and, and the world was a little bit different, we had decided about four years ago that it was going to be breakfast. Because to be honest with you, when you have two kids, and many of you moms can relate, when you have two kids going in two different directions after school for two different sports, then you have games, then you add on homework. It's a really hard to get everybody to sit down for dinner together. So we have every Saturday night is family night. My kids know that during a certain two-hour block, no phones at all. We're enjoying a meal together and playing a game or watching a show. That is a non-negotiable. But then every morning, Monday through Friday, we sit down for breakfast together and do our morning devotion and eat breakfast together because sometimes that's the only meal where all four of us are actually sitting for the whole week. And at least we know it's done. Then we also have, you know, this is what time dinner is every night. If you're home, you're sitting down. And if you're off at your sport, then you get the leftovers when you get home, right? So it is vitally important to make sure that you guys figure out when are you going to share those meals together? Are there certain nights a week or is it breakfast? What is it to make sure that you as a family are sitting down at a table talking, no electronics, even if it's just 15 minutes? Yes, that is something I need to do better at. That is something the girls and I have a morning routine together, but the four of us sitting down regularly during the week needs to be a priority. So I'm committing to doing that. So if you're committing to doing that with me, shout it out and let us know. So the number nine tip is paying attention. And this is just very, very simple. And here's the thing. If you have a hard time with this, paying attention, what is going on, take a moment Put a reminder in your phone to go off every single Tuesday, every single Friday, whatever it is to remind yourself to pay attention to what is going on. Now, this can mean paying attention to your kids' grades, paying attention to what's going on. But for me personally, I'm like paying attention to, you know, the mood that my child is in, paying attention to the people, the friends that they're hanging out with, paying attention to what they want to wear all these different things, just simply paying attention and making it a priority really, truly can prevent a lot of things just by simply paying attention and being there. Claire, what's number 10? Okay. So uh, one of the things I wanted to also emphasize on the paying attention part 
is exactly what Kelly was saying, which is like really catching the mood as well and paying attention to what's going on. In our home, we have figured out that when our oldest son is edgy or rude or kind of quick to anger, it's usually because something else is going on. And everyone has a different opinion about this, but in our home, if we're paying your bills, we're paying for your phone, we're paying for your car, we're paying for all these different things, uh, I have complete access to anything of yours. Because really, it's not yours, it's mine. That's our philosophy in our house. So when I notice my teenager is getting snippy or snappy at us, I just go check his text messages. I go check his Instagram messages. I see what's really going on. And I can tell you that nine out of 10 times, there is something going on. Somebody misunderstood what he said. Somebody got upset at something he did. His girlfriend's upset at him about this. Something is going on where he's feeling an overload of pressure. And I would have never figured that out if I hadn't taken time to go look. Because it is, it's pretty normal for teenagers not to tell you every little thing. So this way we know, we don't say anything. We don't go, okay, when you have that conversation on your phone about X, Y, Z, you should have said this. No, we're just paying attention. I'm focusing on what, what I know is going on and I'm allowing myself to be more available to him and more open to him if he's available to me. So that would never happen if I wasn't paying attention. So it's really important. And then last but not least, set up a time that's either for a Bible study or for a devotion, show them where to go when they're feeling alone, right? The only way we can point them to God is by being that example. So if you notice that your child's having a hard time right now, maybe you set up a Bible study. Maybe you invite, Kelly did this with a bunch of girls for her daughter, and they ended up all coming together every Friday, pre-COVID. I think they're doing it online now, but they, she saw a need and then she got these kids together, found an older teenage girl who could, you know, really help them and guide them during the Bible study. We do this in our home during our devotion time, but finding a way to show your kids, because when they do leave your nest, when they leave your home, you want them to know who to go to when they feel alone. Who is the one that always understands, that knows every single step that's ahead of us? It's God. So if we don't show them how to have that personal relationship with him, then when they feel frustrated, when they feel stressed out, when they feel overwhelmed, when they feel alone, they're not going to have anybody to go to. And I guarantee you when they're off at college, they'll call you sometimes, but they're not going to call you every time. So we want to make sure that they have that personal relationship, that they know how to open up the Bible, they know how to open up the word and really dig into it to help themselves with whatever it is that's going on in their life. So these 10 things that we shared with you guys today about how to connect with your teen and tween, we're so excited about. We hope that they help you and they guide you. Let us know which one you're going to be working on the most, which one you already do. You can let us know by tagging us on Instagram at blessmamabosses underscore. We love hearing from you guys. Our community is one of our favorite things. So if you're not part of our free community, join us inside of Blessed Mama Bosses. It's a Facebook group. You can find it by going to blessedmamabosses.com or blessedmamabossesgroup.com will take you directly to our group. And if you are in network marketing or building your own business, you're going to want to check out our newest creation, which is Network Marketing Accelerator. It is the place where you can go to get from the very beginning of building your business all the way to having teams of thousands, how to keep your time consistency, how to show up online, how to show up through social media, how to build a business authentically, how to continue to stay organized and out of production or out of support mode and into production mode. We have so many resources for you inside of there. You can check that out at networkmarketingaccelerate.com. That's networkmarketingaccelerate.com. We cannot wait to hear how this is going to help you. Feel free to reach out to us anytime. And don't forget, 
to rate and review. We want to hear what you think about this podcast. So have a great day and make it a great day for others. And we'll see you on the next podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and want to hang out with us more. Join us inside our Facebook community. You can find us at www.blessedmamabossesgroup.com. We'll see you inside.